0: Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy mind, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Glory to God, who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. This has nothing to do with the sermon. I was supposed to be visiting our church in Rutland, Vermont this weekend and for numerous reasons was unable to go. That's why it's a said Mass, because Father Bob says he doesn't like to sing the Mass. It's also why I put in two praise songs, because I figured the handful of people who really like them, even though a lot of people don't, he would have to put up with all the complaints and I wouldn't have to hear about it. We thank you for your mercy. (laughs) Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Notice the commandment, the great commandment. Jesus does not say first and foremost, you are to obey the Lord your God or even you are to worship the Lord your God, or you are to fear the Lord your God. What he says, first and foremost, is that you are to love the Lord your God. Before all things, before obedience, before worship, before fear, which in the original Greek means to be in awe of God. God desires a relationship with us, with you, built on love. Obedience, worship, awe of the living God. All of these things will flow from having a relationship with the living God that's grounded and founded in love. The Bible tells us that God is love. Who here ever took algebra? What does the word is mean? Equals. God is love. God equals love. God desires to pour his love out into our hearts and lives. In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our fallenness and brokenness, in the midst of our sorrows, and in the midst of our joys, and the wonders of this life, it is God's love that he wants you to know. He wants you to receive this love into your heart before you receive obedience or fear within your heart. For God loves you. God truly loves us. And this is an amazing thing when we think who God is. All things of creation have a beginning. All things in creation have an ending. All things in creation are, to greater or lesser extents, finite. God is not part of the creation. God is the creator. No beginning and no ending. He is infinite. He is altogether holy. And the distance between the creation and and the Godhead can never be crossed. We can never reach God. And yet that very God knowing that we could never attain to him comes to us in the person of his son Jesus Christ we could not attain to him so god comes to us in the person of jesus and pours out not his judgment upon us but his love from his own heart and from the cross it is mercy and love and healing and forgiveness and peace that flows from the heart of God in the person of Jesus into our hearts and lives. Now, indeed, He will come to be our judge, but that is on the last and great day. Now, He is in the world through the Holy Spirit as the lover of our souls, as our divine physician, as our healer. As the one who comes not to judge, but to forgive. As the one who comes to lift up. Jesus comes to show us the love of the Father. The very love that we could not attain to is made ours in the person of Jesus Christ. This is where Baptists would say, Amen. Amen. Baptists. Watch her. Love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Now, that is the commandment. That is the law. And many times we might feel overwhelmed by that. Lord, how can I love thee with all of my heart? And yet, he desires nothing less. You've heard me say before that if when I was asking Christine to marry me, if I had promised to make room for her in my heart, she would have said no. It's not like that ring was going to win her over, I tell you, although the Cracker Jacks were awesome. God doesn't want us to make room for him in our hearts. He desires our whole heart. He desires to have such an intimate and personal and life-transforming relationship with us that he desires, according to the word of God, to make his home in our hearts. This is the God we have. But we can sometimes be overwhelmed, Lord, I want to give you my whole heart. I desire for you to make your home in my heart. But I fail over and over and over again. This is when we turn to the Lord again in prayer. And we say, Lord, grant me your grace that I may love you every day a little more fully. You know how people always go, "Aw," when a husband will say, "I love my wife today a little uh, more than the day I married her." And people, "Oh, that's so sweet, right?" And I'll love you more tomorrow than I do today. Someone should write a song. But anyway, (laughs) that's how it is to be with our God. So don't allow that to overwhelm you. If you feel you are falling short and you will, then turn from the law to the grace of God and say, "Lord, help me to love you even more fully. Help me to love you more and more." There's another praise song, and Father Bible will be taking all complaints today, called "More Love, More Power." More love, more power, more of you in my life, O God. And then being a praise song, the second verse is, more love, more power, more of you in my life, O God. And then it concludes with, more love, more power, more of you in my life, O God. But this is to be our prayer. Every day, I pray that prayer. Lord, I love you. Help me to love you more. Lord, I worship you. Help me to worship you more. Lord, I desire to follow your commandments. Help me to follow them even more. God desires that we have a relationship based on love with him. All the other things, obedience, worship, fear of the Lord, being the awe of God, will follow if we open our hearts to the love of God. The scriptures tell us that God the Father has poured out His Spirit into our hearts that we may know the very love of God. We cannot know Jesus and not know the love and the healing and the mercy and the forgiveness and the goodness of God. For God is love. We are told in the Scriptures that God loved us first. Have any of you ever played catch outside? I used to when I was little. I'd always miss the ball and it got a little boring after a while, right? But you're supposed to catch it, right, and throw it back, right? But someone has to throw the ball first, right? And then you catch it and you throw it back. This is what God is doing. It may sound silly, but think about it. The love relationship that we have is that he loves us first. He pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and then we offer back to him, like a bride offering the love back to her husband, we offer back to him that very gift of love that he poured into our hearts. And so this relationship of love becomes reciprocal and eternal. And when we know God in this way, when we know Him in this relationship of love, then we realize who we really are. We are God's beloved. We are God's beloved persons so loved by God Almighty that He was willing to come into this world Himself and to die for us. Each of us has a worth and a value and a dignity because we are the children by adoption and grace of God. God is not a concept, God is not a theory, God is not a doctrine, God is a lover, and you are the object of his love I know what you're thinking if you love us father michael you would just say amen right here but that's not going to happen I hear you bobby you think you're far enough in the back but I can hear you thank you <laughs> Love the Lord. Not obey, not worship, not fear. None of those are first. Love is the first commandment. The rest flow from this relationship. 1 John 4, 16 and following says, So we know and believe, believe to have faith, we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. My worth and my value and my dignity is first and foremost found in God. It's not found in being a priest. I'm still the adopted son of God by his grace and by his love, even if I was never priested. It's not even by being Christine's husband or Sarah and Rebecca's dad. It's not by being the rector here in this church family. If all of that had never taken place, I would have no less value and dignity and self-worth as the adopted child of God by grace. Because the Father loves me. Despite my fallenness, my brokenness, my sin, my stumbling, Despite whether you are, you struggle with fornication or adultery or homosexuality or whether you've had an abortion or whether you are a gossip or you are prejudiced or you have hatred in your heart, you take those things, whether they're in the past or in the present, you nail them to the cross and in exchange for your sin, he pours out his love and his mercy. And he doesn't restore you a little bit a little bit. Let's say that Tim's my son. Can I borrow him? Yeah. All right. Tim, my son. Yeah. If he takes everything I have ever given him, and he goes and he squanders it, and then he finally repents because he finds that he has nothing, and so he desires to come home, I don't say, well, okay, You can come home, but I'm not going to like you, right? No, he comes home, and when he is restored, he is restored fully as my son. Doesn't matter what he did out there. If he is truly sorry and comes home with a heart of repentance, if he has turned to return home, what does the parable say of the prodigal son? that the Father was looking for him to return. And when he saw him return, what did he say? See what he has to say when he gets here, right? He could be my servant and work it off. No, exactly right, Karen. The Father runs to him and embraces him, and he puts a robe around him. And he kills the fatted calf for him. And he celebrates with joy. The son is fully restored. Now perhaps you didn't have that relationship with your earthly father or mother. But you do have that with your father in heaven. He loves you, Emily. He loves you, Karen. He loves you, Tanya. And this love can be transforming if we but allow it into our hearts. That verse, 1 John 4 and following, goes on to say, in this is love perfected with us, that we have confidence for the day of judgment. Why? Because despite ourselves, He loves us. And He receives us, not partially, but fully, as His own Son, And what loving father would condemn his son on the day of judgment? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now where can you find perfect love? You can't find it in the grocery store. You can't find it in a bottle of booze. You can't find it in drugs. You can't find it in another person. You can't find it in in sex. Where can you find perfect love? Despite the fact that I told Christine, you want perfect love, you're looking at it right here, but it's not really true, and I do use the Elvis voice, by the way, when I do, if you're looking for perfect, yeah, but it's not true, there's only one place you can find the perfect love, perfect love is found only in God. I'm going to end, I'm going to scrap the rest of the sermon that I did have, and I'm I'm going to tell you this story. I told it once before, but I think it's been about seven years. If we have, as the source of our love in this world, if we have God, then God, because he is the source of perfect love and true love, and because God is infinite and God equals love, there will be no end to that love flowing through our hearts and going to others. It's like the in a sense, I'm not a, a, a psychologist, Father Bob is, tells me all the time, you're not normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, if he shares with me all that he knows by psycholo- about psychology, everything he knows, does he have less knowledge? No but I have increased in my knowledge of psychology. He has no less. That's how it is with God. God can pour out his love into your heart from the heart of his Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit for eternity and have no less love to give than when you first began. But you see, if anything else is the source of our love, the human heart or our fleshly desires, anything else, then that is like a piece, uh, like having a pie, right? You can have a pie, and when you eat a slice, once you're done, it's what? Gone. Because it's finite. In my last parish, there was a woman, Elizabeth Shenver, she made uh, what I called pecan pie, but she was from the South, pecan pie. She made pecan pie, that was the closest thing to heaven that I've ever had on this earth. Except for maybe Round Top. But, you know. And she made one for my, my birthday, brought it home, and I put it in the fridge. And, and so finally I said to Christine, I said, Christine, would you get me a piece of the pecan pie? I said, put it in for, for, for just 20 seconds in the microwave and then bring it to me in that per... I started to shake, you know, and <laughs> in the microwave. <laughs> 20 seconds. This was my birthday pie, Karen. This is my birthday. It gets served. Yeah. So anyway, so she put it in, thinking that she hit 20 seconds, and then she went off to the bathroom, and what she did was she hit two minutes. <laughs> and she came into the room with this thing. And Christine will tell you, I lost my head. I lost my mind. It's gone! One eighth of the pie is gone! Never, ever to return! It was there, but not anymore! She still remembers it to this day as one of the two times that she really questioned the sanity of the man she married. Because When something is finite, when it's gone, it's gone. I did eat it, by the way, but anyway. (laughs) And when I ate a (laughs) second... And when I ate a second piece, then two aces were gone. Do you see where I'm going with this? If we have as the source in our life our job or another person or a relationship or, uh, you know, um, any sins, uh, addictions, etc., etc., if these are our identity, it's like the pie. It will always let us all down. It will always leave us hungry for more and thirsting for more. It will never satisfy us ever. Because it's like the pie. But your father loves you. He loves you so much, he sent his only son, Jesus, for you. And he didn't come into this world, and the Bible's clear on this. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He didn't come in to judge you, but to love you and to heal you. This is our God that we serve and you have worth and value and dignity in him as the children by adoption and grace of the living God. Thanks be to God, who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.